is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. Sitting in for Kim Wade today. He's off at a re-education camp once again. You know, he used to get in Facebook jail all the time. He never did Twitter, but, you know, Cliff, it would not surprise me if we start seeing him on Twitter all of a sudden. Yeah, you've got that right. Man, have you seen what's been going on today on Twitter? I have. What's going on? Oh, man. Mr. Musk walks in yesterday. Brings a big old kitchen sink with him. Did you see that? No. Yeah, he he walks in carrying this big old kitchen sink, and he didn't waste any time. He fires like the top three people. I heard that. Like those, like a couple of them were on that Joe Rogan show a couple of years ago. I remember with him and Tim Pool, and they were just defending all the craziness at Twitter. They're gone. He kicked them out. And these knuckleheads that issued him all these demands that employees had, don't lay anybody off, don't fire anybody, don't let us face reality, basically. Keep us in our bubble. You know, and they told him how things were going to be. Well, Mr. Musk is telling them how things are going to be. And I think, given how he's been doing a tech company for a long time now, I think he knows how to work with tech people. You know, I mean, that is what Tesla and SpaceX are for the most part. You know, but anyway, so it's just been fun watching, just watching on, on Twitter, the, the the gnashing of teeth, the wrenching of clothes, the wearing of ash. I mean, you know, I think we're going to see some of those employees all of a sudden start wearing sackcloth or something, you know, I mean, I mean, but it's just, it's just been fun to watch. And all of a sudden he reinstated, he got rid of all the lifetime bans. Although I think I read Trump said he's not going to come back. He's mm-hmm. going to stay, stay in his corner over there at whatever truth social or whatever it is. And, but you had like the Babylon B you've, you've seen them. They got, they've got, uh, Reinstated today. Several others did. I think Jordan Peterson got reinstated. Yeah. So yeah. Then what's funny is, see, here's where I think these guys are gonna. Why they're not gonna? They're all talk. I think when Mr. Musk really gets into it, you're gonna find a lot of fraud there. I think you're gonna see how they were using bots, how they were padding view counts. They were doing. I mean, that company. I don't think has not many quarters has it turned to profit. It's been a money, it was a money loser for a long time, basically living off the stock price, if you know what I mean, like Amazon did forever. Same thing. So it's going to be kind of fun to watch this. It's going to be fun to watch this. It just really is. In fact, there was this crazy uh, video that popped up yesterday on Libs of TikTok. Have you heard about, seen that video? Do you actually get around much? No, I'm working constantly. Huh? People are just killing me. Huh? What's that? Work? Work? I'm, I'm sorry. I, I Moonlight is a men dot employee. Okay, I mean, so you know. But any, anyway, um, there's this Twitter employee was showing some of the amenities at Twitter. Walks in this big old room, and there's like they have yoga sessions up there, a yoga studio. They even have wine on tap. I'm like you go to you know like you go to the fountain drinks. You know, say at uh, McAllister's for example, and pull the lever. Well, they actually have one of those, but also one of those. Faucets, spigots, or whatever's for wine. Yep, nice red wine too. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, can you, I mean, I've got the video on my website today on jacksonjumbly.com. By the way, if you want to call in and not hear me monopolize the conversation, which I love to do, six zero one eight seven nine zero 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 two. I didn't come prepared today. I have no idea what I'm going to talk about. So bail me out, please. Okay, pretend I'm a big bank. Pretend I'm Jackson. Pretend I'm the Jackson Water System. Okay, and I'm coming for a handout. Okay, bail me out, please. Just call in. Snowball that even includes you. Believe it or not. Okay. Although, Melvin, sorry, don't even bother. <laughs> don't even bother. Don't even bother. Anyway, but yeah, so y'all see the video. It's just, 
even Barstool Sports was having fun with it today. I mean, he was, they were just, what kind of reality is this? That's just it. This has not been reality over there. And so I think they're about to face some real reality. It's going to be fun to watch. Oh, and another thing, too, is some of the so-called liberal superstars on there, all of a sudden, this morning, they wake up, and they're finding their view counts are a lot lower. Interesting. Yeah. Their likes, all of a sudden, hmm, we didn't have some thumbs on the scale, did we? I think think the more we get into this, you're going to see there's some thumbs on the scale. Then, of course, we have game day tomorrow. And wouldn't you know it, wouldn't you know it, only in Jackson. We go through a drought. We haven't had rain in forever. And then? Old Testament stuff. And what happens? The one time we're going to have rain, we are getting rain tomorrow. Yes, we are getting rain tomorrow. Pouring down rain. When are we getting, when is it? Hang on, let me pull up, let me pull up my little NOAA weather app, which never, which is, never works half the time, but let's see. Okay, hourly tomorrow, starting at 8 a.m., 60% or above, gets up to 95% at 12 noon, then comes back down. Basically, the whole time when game day is supposed to be run is when we're going to get the heaviest rain tomorrow. (laughs) I mean, this reminds you of when I was in school. Every time we have a brand new event start here, like Jubilee Jam, Book Festival, anything, Z-Fest, it always poured down rain there's like a commandment up in heaven that says when jackson has something great happen outdoors for the first time it will rain i'm sorry i wish i had the john facinda voice but i don't so let's go to mobile bob not to be not to be mobile bob not to be confused with a white boy bob or whatever kim calls him so go ahead hey man it's bail, bail me out here i can't do this forever bail me out go ahead Hey, yeah, uh, this kind of surprising. Usually when they call Kim, there'll be a tr- storm coming through uh, Jackson almost every time. But you guys haven't had rain in a while, huh? Yeah, I'm serious. I mean, seriously, I mean, we're having game day tomorrow. And by the way, it's a great experience. Um, I've been to when they were at LSU, and hats off to Dion. I mean, we've had the usual haters making their jokes. Yes, you, Clay, and some others about, oh, Jackson this, Jackson that, pot- potholes and portalettes and all that crap. But you know what? You really have to do something to get game day, especially when you're at this level. You know, you're not 1A, you're not Bama, Tennessee, et cetera. So, you know, hats off to these guys for pulling it off, and hopefully it'll go great tomorrow. Yeah, you opened your show talking about Twitter. I've seen those videos as well. It's uh, That place was not – that place isn't real. It's it's Neverland. It's, I mean, those, you can't imagine those kids going from college, which is in the real world, to that place, and then you go to another non-real world, and, it's, and you wonder yeah. why their, their Twitter is like it is. Those people haven't spent one second in the real world. No. No, they haven't. I mean, and by the way, fill in for the listeners, you know, I know I left a lot out of that video. Tell them some of the stuff that isn't that video. It's really interesting. Oh, like you said, it, uh, latte machines. I, I, I didn't see the wine part, but I guess I should have. I guess, it's in there. Me. And... Uh, the girl talks about her day, and when she doesn't show any second of actual work being done, yeah, nothing. I, it's like, are you kidding me? What? Uh, yeah, I guess you know you should went through an entire day, and you show zero of what your job entails. Do you and did, what did, you did, actually do there? Did you used to watch The Simpsons? Years ago, yeah, bit, yeah. when it when it first started, remember when? Did you ever see when Bart went to the gifted school, and yeah, all the kids? Remember the kids were all just sitting around. They just 
worked at their own pace when they felt like it. You know, there was no structure. They were just lounging around in beanbag chairs and stuff, just doing nothing. Remember, that's kind of the feeling I got here. Yeah, it was exactly it was exactly that. Yeah. I imagine Google isn't too much different, and that Silicon Valley area, they they have no wonder they can't relate to the regular people because they never encounter them. Us, us yeah. you know the plebes out there in the in the real world. That's why they have no clue about what we are and what we think. But what? But now, Elon. Okay, Elon, you got it. Now, are you going to go free speech? As in, uh, not restricting what people say, because if you don't, then you end up right back where you where we start. Well, and I think what he's talking about is really when you really dig into it. If you read some of his comments today, he's like, of course, I believe in free speech, but I think what he's really going for is not having viewpoint discrimination. If you know what I mean, you know. Right. Now, if you start acting like a damn fool on there, yeah, by all means, I think they'll you know kick you out. And plus, let's one major problem over there is all these people creating phony screen names and stuff and then just dumping whatever trash they want to dump out there and that i mean frankly twitter is it's not an enjoyable experience for the most part you get on there it's a lot of crap on there and there's a lot you know when you have a breaking news story or when you have say something over in iran for example and that's the only way you can get the word out hey it is fantastic but damn there's a lot of sewage that goes with it too you know yeah and the censoring of political speech simply because they didn't like it i mean when you banned the Washington Post, I believe it was Washington Post. No, it was New York Post, New York Post. Oh, I'm sorry, New York, sorry, New mm-hmm. York Post. Oh, no, Washington Post, answer. man, that's, that's, their, that's their after-hours partner, okay, if you know what I'm saying. So. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> but putting out a true story, a story that was, that was true, mm-hmm. because, and you banned it during the, at the time of an election. I think that's what put Elon Musk And sourced. It was, tr- it was not just true, but, you know, it was sourced. I mean, they did their homework. Exactly. And then Dorsey says afterwards, well, maybe we shouldn't have done that. Yeah, I think it was one of the, that and banning Trump were the two things I think that threw him, put him over the edge. Uh, hey, wow, guys, this, this is ridiculous. Yeah. He, I mean, you're censoring the truth now. Uh, even with COVID, a lot of truth was being censored during mm-hmm. the, when COVID was going on, especially about the, about the shot. A lot of people trying to put, I heard a lot of people trying to put out there, hey, this shot doesn't prevent you from getting COVID or from spreading it, you weren't allowed to say that on Twitter. Even no. And doctors. And, 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 let's talk about the la- and let's talk about the lab leak. And If you go look in ProPublica or Vanity Fair today, they have this big story on the, um, on, the, on the whole what was going on over in China. And you read these stories and you're going, yep, this thing came out of a lab. But if you exactly. had tweeted some of this stuff a year, you know, two and a half years ago, year and a half ago, they would have locked you down, banned your account, zapped the tweet, you know, things that are now considered mainstream. And that's the problem when you do this with science. I mean, and I've said this on this show before, you go look, let's, let's go to something rather more mundane. Okay. Ulcers. How do you treat an ulcer now? Antibiotics, correct? That's the standard treatment, standard protocol. Mm. When the guy, the scientist or physician who first came up with the antibiotic treatment for ulcers, I mean, they they laughed at him. They sneered at him. Go look in science, health and through science. Things that were mm-hmm. revolutionary were sneered at first. I mean, if these right. clowns had their way, we'd be back in the Stone Age. You get what I'm saying? Because they would right. shut down anybody who dared challenge the scientific orthodoxy. And yet, the way we've moved ahead often has been 
doing what? Challenging the scientific orthodoxy. And I'm not talking about crackpot stuff, all right? You know, but that's how we make progress. If these guys had their way, we wouldn't move forward on anything, anything period. Well, and even something that you consider crackpot, okay? You know what I mean. It's up to the individual if they want to try and give it a shot or not. If people are... They they made it seem like people were just belittling, blathering okay. idiots let me who s- would actually shoot chlorine in our veins. All right, let me let me explain what I mean by cra- by crackpot. Okay, here's an example. <laughs> what I when I took criminal law in law school, we had this was like I think this case from like around the early 1900s when chiropractic care first started, and you had this guy who was te- who told this family he could cure their kid of tuberculosis. Yes, tuberculosis through chiropr- through cracking his back, basically. Now, you and I both know that's not going to work. You see what I mean? That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about. Well, but it's not the first time people have had to deal with crackpot claims. True. We've True. Crackpot, crackpot claims since people since time immemorial, since back as far as you can go. Yeah. People deal with it. We yeah. make our own decisions. And that's a good We're point. We're capable of doing it. We're capable of deciphering what is true. But the majority, some people, no, but you can't stop it no matter what you do. Mm-mm. The idea that they, they could just on the fly do this, and what you, like you said, what you end up doing, because because you don't let people make up their own mind, is, mm-hmm. you, you, is you stifle, although we believe, I believe intentionally, you stifle stuff that's actually true. No, I, because I, I'm with you. Because it's with your narrative. I'm I with think you. it's by design. But people have dealt with this forever. We can continue to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But just put let the public domain be free. We'll figure it out. That's how we got. Well, this we far. don't. We don't. We don't suffer from. We don't suffer when we have too much speech. We suffer when we have too little speech. I'm a firm believer of it. Always have been. And by the way, let's go back about 70 years when the segregationists were in charge. And there's a reason WLBT got their license pulled by the FCC when they were in charge. You had a lot of censoring on the other side. And guess what? These people didn't like it back then. It goes both ways. All right. Anyway, thank you very much, Mobile Bob. We're going to the break now. How much time we got left? All right. This is Kingfisher, jacksonjumbly.com. Call a number 601-879-0002. Open lines today, or you get to just hear me BS about everything. So we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of jacksonjumbalaya.com. Kim Wade is out today. He's off at a re-education camp, hanging out with the recently fired Twitter employees. You know, so this, this might be, man, that's what would be fun. A good steel cage. Loser leave town, death, no time limit, just like you used to see at the Coliseum for Mid-South Wrestling. Remember, were you around for those days or not? No. Do you even know about wrestling? Yeah. Wrestling. 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 Yeah, I remember on TV. You ever actually watch it? Ted DiBiase, yeah. Funny you should bring him up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, now we know how he became the million-dollar man. Okay. (laughs) But anyway, um... And now, now I lost my train of thought. Thank you very much. Anyway, as I was saying with Mobile Bob, you know, great day tomorrow. Congratulations to Mr. Deion Sanders. And I tell you what, that Alabama State coach just walked right into that one. You ain't swack. You ain't. And I know what he meant, but you ain't swack. You know, you're not one of us. Yeah, that way of thinking. I mean, that always that always gets you ahead. You know, like when uh, Nick Saban came to LSU. No, he wasn't one of us down there. He wasn't one of us. Well. When you start winning, you're, everybody wants a piece of you. Trust me. Your own, your own side, they want you. The other side, you know, hey. But it was just kind of that whole, that's just, that's just hilarious the way they've turned around that. 
you know, he's not swack bit. I mean, that coach is just probably regretting that now. But congratulations to him. You know, it's a great going to be a great thing for Jackson tomorrow. And I, what what disappoints you sometimes is you see, look, I've written a lot of stuff critical about Jackson government over the years. There's a lot of major stuff going wrong right now in Jackson, unfortunately. But this is something that's right. And I'll tell you what, you see so so many prima donnas, so many hot shots in college sports and pro sports, and you see Sanders coming there. Yeah, I know. He's got a guy, his one of his kids or someone following him around with a camera all the time and all that stuff. That's just the world we live in today. But this guy, Bear Bryant, always said it was about relating to your kids. Bear could relate to his kids even when he first started integrating, when he finally could, because he was – you know, he was from rural Arkansas, grew up dirt poor. He could relate to black kids that grew up poor. You know, he they could share poverty stories. This is what it takes is relating to those kids. They all grew up seeing his highlights, seeing him on the networks. They all know who he is. They all go to YouTube now. They can see all when he played baseball and when he played football and all of his highlights. They see all that now. Trust me, those kids study YouTube, believe me, especially in basketball. But... So when he he's got street cred with these guys, okay. So he wears a necklace, big freaking deal, okay, big deal. But you know what? He relates to those kids, and they're buying into his message. They're listening to him. Now I'd love to see them start playing. Get I wish the SWAC would start doing the double A playoffs again. They did it a long time ago, and what I've been told is part of it's Southern Grambling. They have the Bayou Classic after Thanksgiving, and that conflicts with. That pushes everything back where it conflicts with the double-A playoffs. But I would like, if there's some way the SWAT could start participating in the playoffs again, I think it would be a good thing. But I just think it's funny. <laughs> it's typical Jackson. There's going to be pouring down rain tomorrow because it just happens every single time. <laughs> I mean, so Anyway, call the number 601-879-0002. And, Clay, try to say something nice tomorrow. You can do it. We know it's in there somewhere. We know it's buried somewhere. We know it's hidden. But I know you can say something good tomorrow about this whole thing, all right? And if it pours down rain, don't laugh. Just keep your mouth shut like your mama taught you, okay? And I know she did. Or some of us will come over there and whoop you. That's W-H-U-P. Anyway, um, the website, if you want to find out what's going on around Jackson, go to jacksonjambalaya.com. We have Pete Perry coming in at the second hour. Renee Shakespeare is supposed to be here, and she's supposed to be coming in right now. So just waiting on her. Leave the air alone, please. Oh, okay. Anyway, Pete Perry's coming in second hour. We're going to get into the Jackson water like you haven't heard enough about it. We're going to throw some more onto you. We're going to pour some more on you. We're going to drown you in it. So don't worry. You want to hear about Jackson water? We're going to be discussing it all through the second hour. And we got some new information for you, some good stuff for you. So one thing on the website, I tell you what, this caught me by surprise. I have covered domestic violence cases on my website before and some high-profile ones at that cliff. And... I get a tip a couple of couple of Mondays, a couple of Tuesdays ago. Hey, you need to get your butt over there to a uh, county court in Rankin and Brandon, and go watch this uh, preliminary hearing. And uh, have you read my website about this story? I haven't. Okay, you really do need to forget getting out the door. Just get out of line, okay? I mean, geez. So anyway, I mean, you go to, you go to Tico's and Kessler too much. That's your problem. Hey, yeah, I know. Trust yeah. me. <laughs> Trust me, I know. Man, when Kessler has those lobster rolls, oh, man. <laughs> those are really good. Oh, yeah. I know that got me into Kessler. Oh, good. Anyway. Anyway, so 
you have this guy owns this um company over in Flowood, handles let's just say gives a lot of tax advice, investment advice to physicians, not just here in Jackson but around the country. So you you can imagine there's a pretty healthy market for such planning. Let's let's just call it planning. Family, very well off, done very well. So this couple meets another couple over at McLean's. Somehow between him and his wife, an argument starts there in the parking lot. Between McLean's and their house, they live in the neighborhoods behind the Walmart over there on, you know, Grant's Ferry. And so he starts allegedly beating the heck out of her. When they get to the house, she's unconscious. How do we know this? Because the video cameras, security cameras at the house showed she was unconscious when he drags her out the car, pulls her out the car, throws her on the ground, slaps her a few times, and then drags her across the pavement by her hair inside the house. I mean, this is bad stuff. And injured her really good. I go to... So, I mean, I found out like at 8 o'clock. Here's at 9 o'clock. I haven't even gotten showered or anything. Man, I pulled one of my, what I call my, my Julius Caesar jobs where I just, he was known for his speed. That was somehow made it there five minutes to spare, actually. <laughs> and watching prelims is kind of interesting sometimes because you see all kinds of characters out, out, out there, misdemeanors, felonies, everybody just up there getting their bonds and stuff. You hear some good stories sometimes. And uh, so what happens is you get there. Now, then you hear the injuries. Fractured ankle, fractured wrist. One of the facial bones, like the occipital, is fractured. Two broken ribs, not cracked, broken. Part, patches of hair torn out the scalp. Left side, black and blue all over. This is the detective from Flowood. Very reputable one, who is given this description in court. And... Defense attorney's trying to say, we don't need to hear all that. And the judge is like, we're going to hear this. This is relevant. So you hear all that. I mean, it's horrifying. I mean, it's the sort of stuff that stays with you the rest of the day. You're just sitting there. I mean, you don't get this off your head. You're going, damn. And you're just, wow. I mean, you're just floored by the pure, by the pure brutality of it. Not just getting someone that you're supposed to love, protect, all that, all those wedding vow stuff, you know. But just, it just floors you. This level of brutality in... They can say maybe it was drug-fueled, steroid fuel, whatever. It doesn't matter. It's still just the level of brutality of it. So no bond. I mean, Floyd did not bond. The judge, in this case, the prelim, get, the Rankin County Court judge, said, i got to give you a bond, 750 Yeah, he made it. He, re, he posted that day, got out, put a bunch of conditions on him, no contact, all that stuff. But the way it is just, this one struck a nerve with everybody. I mean, it really did. And I've covered some high-profile ones before. Um, there's one up in Clark County I've covered. A, I mean, up in, that's the name of the defendant, up in um, Columbus I covered a few years ago. He'd taken a hammer, he'd taken uh, something and split his wife's head literally wide open. And there's that one up there uh, in Ole Miss I covered a couple of years ago where the um Guy whose father is a partner at Brunini. You know, he's an old Miss student. Kidnapped his girlfriend, strangled her, beat her, you know. And they ran around saying, oh, it's just scratches till we posted the pictures. And you saw it wasn't just a few scratches. It was pretty bad. But in this case, then you find out he 
left her. Okay. He beats her to a pulp, allegedly. Then she sits there. Didn't go to the hospital immediately, all night long. Yeah. She didn't go to the hospital till the next morning, after he flew the next morning, on a private plane, with a fairly attractive employee, to Tampa, for a couple of days. Yeah. That's when a family member took her to the hospital. And she tried to tell them it was an ATV accident. You know, her mind's all just, you know, she's in shock, traumatized, the whole nine yards. Anyway, we got one minute, okay. That has been, it, it has amazed me how it's just surprised me how it just blew up on my website. I mean, this has been like the biggest story ever on my website. I mean, the previous one was when that Greenbrook, Greenbrook owner was begging for help for crime from the city council and they blew her off. This is almost double that. I mean, and I've had some big stories on my website, Cliff. Big ones. And this has been, traffic-wise, the biggest one. And, I mean, not been shared on Facebook. You don't see it all over the place. I mean, it's just blunt. But people, real, this really struck a nerve with people. I mean, they really did. Now, we're going to the break right now. I'm going to wrap it up and move on to something else. We've got a couple more things we need to get into. So we're going to the break right now. It's the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. Call in number 601-879-0002. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJambalaya.com. Call in number 601-879-0002. Come on, guys. I'm winging it. Call on in. I need a bailout. I need a bailout like Jackson needs a bailout. You know, the Jackson water system needs a bailout, except I'm not going to get out here and call you racist like they do Tate. You know, so just we, we'll be a little bit nicer than the mayor is. Okay, let's just put it that way. Okay. Anyway, we're talking about this Martis case, and it's just been really horrifying to watch the whole thing. And the more you dig into it, the more you learn. And, like, I've came across uh, this case, this arrest of Madison a couple of years ago. Now, tell me this does not scream redneck, Cliff, okay? Does this not scream redneck? You have a wedding there with that reunion. All right, creme de la creme, you know, all that stuff. And this guy, he make, he has a side gig, and what he does is if you need a really nice vehicle, classic car for your event, you can rent out classic uh, classic cars for your event. And this one in particular was, a I think, a 61 Rolls-Royce. Yeah, Rolls-Royce, these are not cheap cars, you know. This guy, the police report said he was, or the complaint said he was jumping up and down on the darn Rolls-Royce. Yeah, who does that? I know. And then he sits on top of the Rolls-Royce and is sitting there. And finally, the guy says, hey, buddy, you mind? He, he kind of pulls him off the car a little bit. And the guy got mad. He took offense at that. So the complaint says when the driver... When this guy who owns the, the Rolls Royce is leaving, driving away with the bride and groom in the back seat. So the window's down, front window's, driver's window is down. Guy comes up and starts slugging him through the window. <laughs> I mean, a wedding in front of the bride and groom in their getaway the whole nine yards. You know. So the guy goes and files charges. So what do you think the other guy does? Oh, he goes and files charges too. And this being a very nice guy, he just doesn't go in for drama and stuff. He's like... You know, I'll just drop the charges. Just, okay, fine. You know, didn't. that's just the way the game works sometimes. But that's what we're dealing with here. Um, get to you in a second, Betty. Just bear with me for one minute here. Anyway, people are saying, I want to drive. This is the point I want to drive home here. People are saying, hey, they're commenting on the website. Oh, man, the good old boys are going to, they're going to sweep this under the rug. This guy's going to walk. He's going to get off the hook, blah, blah, blah. Not happening. 
from what I can tell, the good old boys want to crucify him, all right? They want to put him under the jail. I mean, everybody I've talked to in Rankin County, they're pretty ticked off about it. DA is probably taking this to the grand jury next month, being November, which is pretty quick. Flowood police, I mean, a family member contacted Rankin SO. I know the, I know who the deputy is they contacted. That deputy immediately contacts Flowood PD. Flowood PD immediately went and investigated. They arrested his butt when he, when he flew back into town from Tampa. They were at the airport waiting for his butt. When he gets off the plane at the airport, they cuffed him. Took him in. He has initial appearance of Flowood. Municipal court judge. No bond, period. Then he has prelim. Got a bond there. That's the way it works. They did. Everybody so far has done every single thing they're supposed to do. Trust me. They want to prosecute this guy. They, Frankly, and if she doesn't want to testify, tough luck for two reasons. One, they don't need her testimony. They got video. They got medical records. They got real good video. They probably don't need her testimony. Number two is... They ch- we changed the law back in 2014. Used to be someone got their ass beat by their husband, sorry Matt, or a family member, and they didn't want to testify. Guess what? Charges were dropped. Police didn't matter how strong a case they had, they couldn't do anything for a felony without the victim's consent. We changed that law back in 14. Will Longwitz, yes, I know how Will. He could get on your nerves sometimes, but he came to me back in 14 before this legislative session. Hey, what do we do here? I need a good cause here to get behind on the bill. Said you need to fix this part of the law where victims can't drop charges on when they get beat to a pulp. And I had the Heather Spencer case in mind. All right, so he writes the he he put together we put together the bill. He introduces it in, in uh, the Senate. Talked, I talked to Sally Doty. She was the vice chair of Judd B. at the time. She got through a committee, and a couple of black caucus members tried to kill the bill, and she didn't take too well to it. Get over to the House. We spoke to Andy Gibson. Yes, Andy Gibson actually was the judge chairman at the time and got it through. Props to Andy. He's caught hell over the years for some stuff, but this is one time he, he, he made it happen. It gets through the House, gets through the Senate, became law. Law changed. Now the cops... On a, on a bad case of domestic violence, don't need their consent. So, you know, for one, once, the system actually worked, believe it or not, working here. Anyway, let's go to Betty. Sorry about that. Betty, how you doing? Hey, I'm well, Kingfish. I just wanted to tell you, I thought it was curious to note that that man is no longer anywhere listed on the website for his company, but his wife still is. Okay, my understanding, because I don't want to get too much in their personal stuff on the air for obvious reasons, but... I did report that a week after a week later, they removed him as president, and I think they put that on their website. My understanding is his wife is a part owner of the company. I need to go back and check, so don't crucify me if I'm wrong. But that's my understanding is her and another woman are the owners of actual owners of the company. Okay. Does, does that well, help you? Way, I'm happy he's no longer on there. Oh, okay. Well, thank you. Anything else you want to comment about? Uh, well, I would like to say this about Jackson State. So I know a lot of people are complaining about the city agreeing to help build a new stadium or whatever, but I work at UMC, so I've been seeing everything going on the last couple of days for game day. And anybody that could say anything negative about Coach Prime or try to take anything away from him or what his boys have done are terrible. No matter what the water issue is in Jackson or whatever, those boys, those young men have nothing to do with that. No, you're right. And you know, you know what's 
really bad is I have people coming on my website. All the, all the, these kids, they grow up without fathers. They don't need discipline or anything, blah, blah, blah. Here you got this guy speaking a really positive message to him. And if you watch his videos, he's getting onto them when they need it. He's not coddling them by no means. No. And people still, now, now he's grandstanding. I mean, you know what? With some people, you just can't win. You know what I mean? No, you can't. You really can't. But I'm proud of them. I'm proud of the guys. I'm proud of the job they've done. And I'm proud of the good publicity that Jackson is getting. Yeah, they've earned it. Yes, sir. But that's it. Have a good weekend. All right. Thank you, Betty. Have a great weekend. Sylvia. Sylvia. Hi. You're late. How are you? You're late. Good. You're you were breaking my heart. You're late. (laughs) Okay, I'm sorry. (laughs) Forgive me, please. Yeah, see that or see that or can sing a bad country song, so I'll just forgive you, okay? You don't want me singing bad country. I appreciate that very much. I wanted to ask you about the young lady who uh, was part of the shooting or did the shooting or at the mall in Ridgeland. Do you yeah. have any information as an update with what's happening with her? Yeah, um, okay. Good question. Glad you remembered that. I was actually thinking about it today. Um, what happened was she stole some water. <laughs> Ready for this? She had just gotten off her shift working at the mall. Yeah, she was working at the mall. You got it. Swiped the water. She fired first. She fired it at him. He he returned fire. Thankfully, no one was hurting. And he he was he hit her. But the way he hit her, he didn't just shoot, shoot, aim, shoot, hit her. No, he aimed, shot, missed. But the bullet ricocheted into her. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I say we're lucky, nobody else was hurt. I mean, and that's what one thing. You know, law enforcement told me was he was a really bad shot. Let's oh, just say God. there are some people that have appeared on this radio show, and I don't know about present company, but some others who have appeared on this radio in the studio before, who probably would not have needed a ricochet. I'll put it that way. Okay. <laughs> I can understand. That. Yeah, but anyway, but here, but here's I'm glad you brought up because here's what was sad. Okay, is I go to her initial appearance in Ridgeland Court, Municipal Court. And they had a special, because of when it happened, they had a special hearing for her. So there's nobody else there. And when I say nobody else there, I mean nobody else. She walks in on crutches. And you do this enough, and you can tell which kids are hard and which ones are not. You know what I mean? And she's 16. She looks 14 or 13. Mm. Probably 14. And Oh, yeah. And she comes in there on her crutches and there is nobody in the courtroom for her. No mama, no daddy. And trust me, her mother knew about it. Trust me. I've confirmed that, but nobody mm-hmm. showed up for, her. I asked the prosecutor, you ever hear from the parents? No. All right. Been a day or two. So they didn't, ha- they didn't set a bond for her, but they also m- moved her preliminary up to like a few days later. So she wasn't being kept without bond for too long. Okay. And the judge did a good job of taking care of her. I go to the prelim next week. I go to the pre- not her mom and dad. That's yeah, you know, the, ju- the judge was more of a parent to her than the parents were. And I go the next week, and they went ahead and continued it. I mean, they bound her over to the grand jury, so she's being taken to the grand jury. I don't think there was a bond there. Or there may have been. If it was, it was real high, but I don't think there was a bond. I'm doing this off the top of my head. But I asked the prosecutor again. Nope, haven't heard from the parents. I mean, and that's the real horrible part about it. I mean, your kid's in this kind of trouble, and 
where are the, I mean, where's the parents, you know? I'm kind of, she'll probably get a public defender. I'm kind of hoping she gets Lisa Ross, because I think as, out of the public defenders in Madison County, I think she could probably relate to her and get through to her probably more than the other ones could, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, do you think she'll do time? Probably. Probably. I mean... She's going to do some time now, whether it's six months or a year or five years. I don't know. I just don't know. But she was shooting at the guy. So she was trying to hit him. So that's either attempted murder or aggravated assault. I suspect it'll be. Let's see what the indictment is. Okay. But I suspect it'll be aggravated assault. And you just, right. you know, they'll, they'll, you know, it's, it's a set. I mean, it's, it's a stupid case. You know what I mean? It's a stupid case. Now, the gun she had was stolen. I suspect. Now, my first thought was. That might have been her parents, but that might have that might have been one of her parents didn't show up because it might have been, say, mama's boyfriend, mama or dad's or something like that. But then again, I've also found out she was kind of running with a little bit older crowd, if you know what I mean. Yes. Yeah. So it's well, it's a stupid I case have, and a sad case. It shouldn't have happened. Yes, it is a sad case and it shouldn't have happened. And I do really blame mom and dad for not being available because she must have been crying out for help long before the incident in Ridgeland. Mm-hmm. I, like I said, I've seen kids her age in court before, and I mean, you you can see the hard ones like the, you know, when you went to the Kingston Fraser case, like one of those kids was soft, all right? The other two, no, they weren't soft. This one looked like a softie, you know, just saying. Anyway, thank you very much, Sylvia. Um, this is the Kingfish of Jackson Blood, jambalaya.com, sitting in for Kim Wade. Call in number 601-879-0002, and we'll be right back. Bye. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of Jackson, jambalaya.com. If you want to find out what's going around on around the Jackson area, Go to jacksonjambalaya.com. I want to point out one thing to you. Go to WLBT's website. Anthony Warren had a great story on, and we're going to get into the Jackson water system next hour. Had a great story last night on how Jackson's uh, water sewer revenue is comparing to last year. And as usual, let's just say it's an interesting story and worth you going to the website for. Call the number 601-879-0002. How much time we got? Two minutes? Two minutes. All right. Want to mention? Uh, tell you what, I'll hold off. I'll hold off to the next hour for this. Um, also, Clarion Ledger actually engaged in a fit of real journalism. I don't know what happened to him. I don't know where this came from, but they did. It's on the Jackson Water System, and this is this is probably going to be if you don't have a blah subscription online, go look in the probably will be in the Sunday print edition on the front page. This looks like a usually they're big stories like this or Sunday edition store, front page stories. And they went to the history of the Jackson water system. And let me tell you something. They got into Siemens. They got into the management. Yes, they actually discussed the, the mismanagement or management of the Jackson water system. They were doing all kinds of stuff. You don't see normally in the local media here with Jackson water system, and much less the national media, but we can discuss them another hour. Great. Then I looked at the, let's see who the bylines are. Who are these clowns? Wow. One of them, Emily Lacaz. Whoa, I remember her. About 10 years ago, she was covering the city beat for the Clarion Ledger, the Jackson beat. No wonder they, this piece knew where all the bodies were buried. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Go, it's a great story worth reading. 
you know, I mean, it gets into the history. It gets, yes, it gets into uh, white flight and all that, but it gets to a lot more than that. And the, it's just, it's a good story to read. Go check it out. It's on their website. It's behind the paywall. It'll be out in the Sunday paper. It's This is one time it's actually worth paying the couple of bucks, all right? Anyway, we're going to the hard break. We'll be right back with Pete, and we're going to discuss, we're going to drown you in Jackson's water problems. We'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of JacksonJumbly.com. Waiting for Pete Perry to call in. We're going to discuss Jackson's water problems. Meanwhile, I'm, you know, tomorrow's football weekend. But for me, next weekend, Cliff, is the big weekend because LSU is taking on Bama. It's going to be crazy next week because the Kunas is actually, we actually think we got a chance. To, we think we got a chance to beat St. Nick, okay? We think we actually got a chance. Now, they're all falling for that. I'm not. Because, you see, I remember 1997. You never forget that beatdown. You don't even know what I'm talking. That's that's the year that we actually upset when Florida was number one. Spurrier, they're in their glory days. We actually upset them in Tiger Stadium, and of course, Ole Miss, of course, beat us the next week because we took the week off in practice. Yeah, friends that went to the practices that week said, "Oh, Ole Miss going to kill them. They're they're they think they're on top," and they did. But anyway, so we got our got our game back. We're rocking, we're rolling. Here comes Alabama to town. Same circumstances, same everything. And it turned into the Sean Alexander show. Remember him? Sean Alexander, oh, he was one of Bama's best back, played for the Seahawks when they went to the Super Bowl. I mean, he was fantastic. 24 nothing. <laughs> 24 nothing. <laughs> I mean, I've seen I've seen that, you know, too many times. You know, got teased last year when they were supposed to beat the heck out of us, and all of a sudden, you know, we took them to the very end of the game with a depleted team last year. But I knew it was coming, so we'll see. I'll just, you know, just we'll see. Now, next year, give it, give us another year, Brian Kelly, and I think it's going to be a – I mean, you, you can tell the difference with this – with Brian Kelly in there. I mean, you see them – you know, they have like six different offensive line, line – lineups every game this year you know they've made changes but you see them improving you see the players actually getting better they're being coached I mean you see wow in-game adjustments wow somebody's killing you with the play and all of a sudden they make adjustment at halftime and stop the play I'm not used to this under Orgeron Miles didn't always do it either man I mean I was abused for a while okay I mean I don't I'm not scared of my coach when he opens his mouth in front of a microphone anymore for 15 years I've been scared every time trust me oh yeah so anyway, so one thing I want to get into, uh, I mean to mention is, we had a tragedy in Jackson yesterday. Officer Michael Terrio um, was killed yesterday. I think he was a sergeant. I have reported on Mr. Ter- sergeant Terrio on my website before. He had a he was off duty. He was riding his personal motorcycle, and you know, Cliff, I've thought about taking lessons, going, you know, getting the license and all that stuff. This. Last few years, I've reported on quite a few motorcycle accidents and fatalities on my website, and that's what makes me stop every single time. You start thinking about it. Do I want to be at the mercy of some twit who's sitting there texting away while she's driving who's who's 18 years old? You know what I mean? Do I want to be at that mercy? I don't know. First First car my grandparents got me when I got my license was like a 1980 Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Now, I like the big 425 or whatever it was engine in there, okay? They said they got it for me, so if I got in a wreck, there's a lot of metal already, <laughs> okay? But anyway, he was, 
near Battlefield Park, got wrecked, got killed yesterday. Horrible. And he was a really good cop, too, really good detective. Now, I covered him a few years ago, back, I think it was 18, 17 or 18 or 19, 18 or 19, 17. Covered him late one night, gas station in South Jackson. He saw this SUV driving funky. So he says, so he pulls him over into the parking lot, into the gas station. He gets out, walks over. One guy jumps out of the passenger passenger seat. And this is all on video. It's on my website. It's all on video. Jumps out of the passenger seat. And he has, I think it was uh, either one of those, I think it was an AR-15, AR-15 pistol. And the problem with these AR and AK pistols is a lot of these clowns don't know how to shoot them. These are not pistols, okay? Yeah, I know they're pistols, but they're not. You don't hold it like you would a regular Glock 9mm and shoot it that way. There's a reason guys buy braces for them. And these guys didn't have the brace on them, much less try to use it like they had a brace. So he shot, he shoots at him, not that far away, probably less, probably 10 feet or so or less. Missed him, thank goodness. His brother jumps out the driver's seat and grabs him, puts the officer in a headlock, and he somehow pushes out the headlock and he backs up, man, and he just starts, he pulls out his weapon, starts shooting and killed the driver. And then didn't hit now, and then he managed to take down the guy who was originally shooting at him. All right, Chauncey Reed is his name. Chauncey Reed takes him down. All right, Chauncey Reed, of course, had, I mean, he had a record. So now here's where things got hairy. In a in an ideal world, or I should say, in Rankin or Madison counties, they would have cleared the um, officer within him. Three, 90 days or so, put him back on duty. Meanwhile, they would have prosecuted the survivor, charged him with felony murder for the death of his brother and aggravated assault or attempted murder of an LEO, and that had been it, okay? Within a year and a half, case had been closed. But this being Hines County, of course, that's not what happened. Robert Shuler Smith, of course, presents Mr. Terrio, Sergeant Terrio, to the grand jury. He was the DA at the time, and Robert handled all officer shootings personally. Presents him to the grand jury, and they no-billed him, as they should have. What about Mr. Chauncey Reed? Case just disappeared. No indictment ever appeared for him. Nothing ever appeared for him. He just disappeared. Yeah, go and put him on, but I'm going to finish my story. All right. So they never, so the indictment disappears. Now, once a year or so, a couple of years later, I start checking, where's the indictment on this guy? There's no indictment on him. A year later, I ask again now, Jody Owens is now the DA. And they were, go to them and they couldn't find the file. So I went over to public safety because MBI had investigated the case and then returned it. And they'd cleared him. And they said, MBI said, um, we gave it back to the, we transferred it back to them, gave me a date and everything. Well, guess what? So, DA's office is trying to find the file for Mr. Chauncey Reed. Can't find it. Now, thankfully, MBI called because I was inquiring. Yes, I'm going to take some credit. And they called them up and said, Hey, do you have the, heard you don't have the file. Would you like a copy of it? Yes, please send it over to us. You want to know where that file, you want to know where that file was? And I put this all on Rob, Robert Shooter Smith. Mr. Mr. The drug dealer's best friend. Yeah, I said that. That file was hidden in the D. There, each file has a code. 
they, they each file has a code. You with me, Cliff? So, but they took Robert took this file and stuck it underneath the code for Terrio. So you'd have to go looking for the officer he took to the grand jury. Look underneath his name for this file. You see what I mean? Only someone who knew the system would know how to go find it. Really knew the system, and they had to go combing through it. This was not an accident. So. Jody, Jody and his prosecutors took the guy to the DA to the, to the grand jury. He's now been indicted for a felony murder of his brother, uh, either aggravated, I think it's aggravated assault of a law enforcement or attempted murder, one of the two, but of Reed, I mean of the officer here. Now, he, he died yesterday, but don't worry, that prosecution is still going forward. They got video, they got a statement, so it's going forward, all right? They're going, they're going to get this guy. Sad part is this is the one that we came, me and Kim Wade came on here about. And set and raised hell about how this officer was suspended with pay for over a year for di- for merely trying to stay alive. And then when he came back on duty, they stuck him in the impound lot for a while. When they need cops on the street, when murder's going sky high, that's how Chakwe Lumumba treats his cops. You want to know why you have cops leaving? This case is why. And having to read that statement yesterday they put out made me sick at my stomach. Anyway, Pete, thank you for calling in. How you doing? I'm doing good. And you? All right. Okay, we're, I've been holding off. Kim's been saying all week they're going to talk about water. So we're going to drown the listeners in water today, okay, in Jackson water. So you got some new information for me. You were telling me the other day. What can you tell us about what you've learned about the Jackson water system this week or any other thoughts you may have? You'll have to remind me what the new one was. It changes every day. What did I tell you that was new? Rotary, was Rotary Club. Uh, just Lester Harrington gave a very good presentation and who is he he's with the department of health he's been pretty much out running the ob curtis plant for the last month and look in the fuel plant and looking at other things he's a regulator with the department of health he used to be in the wastewater side so he's familiar with that side too Uh, but he just gave a good presentation pictures of was there when they first got there, what it's like now, pictures along the way, different things that they've done, all the uh, ongoing maintenance that's been provided in the last month that should be been provided in the last five years, you know, replacing parts and pieces and fixing things and cleaning out the vats and getting the stuff where all parts and pieces of it work. It was a very interesting educational talk. How so? It was, well, it was just... It wasn't. It wasn't doing anything except saying, "This is what that vat looks like now. This is what it looked like back then." Mm-hmm. You know, here's where we drained it in the paddles. That it was. There's also a discussion about how the two different parts of Curtis work. Mm-hmm. And then at fuel, it was talking, showing some of the stuff about how old the stuff at fuel is, and amazing that it's still operating. But some parts that had not been maintained there, where they had to bring in a you know, some new pump parts, and you can't just go replace them because they're all deep well pumps in the inside of the building. You can't get in there and pull them out without taking the roof off this concrete building. Uh, oh, wow. It was it was just a good it was just a good presentation showing how what they have done mostly has been maintenance things that should have been being done. Daily, weekly, monthly, over the last several years, that what, hadn't been. What can you tell the listeners? You know, since they weren't there, that you wish they could have seen. What can you tell them? Well, for in, example, in, one, enlighten one, them. One, they're, they're, 
I would call them a vat. They're long trains where the water comes through. They, on the conventional side, they bring the water in, and it settles down. They put in the chemical to make it settle. And where one of them, they all are supposed to have this high technology thing at the time when they put it in that vacuums the stuff out, but it doesn't really work because they hadn't kept it up. And one of the vats was about seven feet full of sludge because they hadn't emptied it out all these years, so it wouldn't suck it out. How, so how much sludge is it supposed to have normally? None. None? I mean, because okay. it's, supposed, it's supposed to pull it out on a regular basis. And the, va- the vats it. are those big round structures you see out there at OB Curtis, right? No, they, no these vats are the very long trains. Gotcha. Okay. The the the, the long rectangular trains. Gotcha. They also showed what looked like a little kiddie pool, and you said that's what it is, a little kiddie pool. And they're supposed to take the membranes on the membrane plant and put it in there to clean them out after they clean them. Excuse me, not to clean them out, but after they clean them to make sure they don't have holes in them, that they don't leak or whatever. Well, they had to show the operators out there that you're supposed to do this, that, that you know, they hadn't been cleaning the membranes and then putting them in there and testing them. So when they had wow. this kiddie pool out there, you know, 10-foot diameter pool and the membranes in it, some people didn't know that they had that and they were supposed to be doing that. And despite what some people say, membranes and water treatment plants around the country are pre- pretty common today. They are more common today. The one that's out there was, quote, quote, the first in the country. That's true. how they sold it at the time. I believe they sold it when Harvey Johnson's that's true. first or second term. The only place it had been used before that was for saltwater desalination plant out in California. Mm-hmm. They now have improved them, and they made them a lot better, and they do work. The problem is we got a membrane plant and a conventional plant, both, and it takes two different kinds of operators to operate them. All right. Hey, Pete, hang on. We're going to the break right now. Anyway, this is Kingfish of com. We have Pete Perry on with us, and we are talking about we're just going to drown you in Jackson water stuff, I mean, for the next 30 minutes or so. So we will be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of com, and we have Pete Perry on the phone with us. We are talking about all things Jackson water right now. Okay, Pete, pick up where you left off last. Hello? That was it. It just gave a... A very good demonstration. You had pictures like in the in the conventional side. They have these big paddle wheels that turn the water and all that, and supposed to knock the solids down. And there's a big gear at the bottom, of like an eight foot diameter gear. And at the top is a six inch diameter gear. And he had a picture of what the gear is supposed to look like where they put in new ones and old ones. Those gears were basically the cogs on them were all worn out. They, you know, it's amazing. How long? It how long have they been worn out? He didn't say. But was but, it obvious it had been a while, or what do you think? It's obvious that, I mean, this, these are wooden paddle wheels mm-hmm. and wooden gears. It looked like, at least from the picture. Right. It looked to me like they'd been worn for a while, looking at the picture, what the new one looked like and what's there. And it looks like one of those things that ought not be that hard to either replace or that expensive to replace. And that's that's the story we keep on hearing over and over throughout this, which is oh, yeah. things yeah. that were supposed to be done for not weeks not months, but years were not and, and, done. And it looked like in a lot of the things, mm-hmm. a lot of the parts and pieces that they've done were twenty and thirty and fifty thousand dollar things. Probably some of them are five thousand, two thousand dollar things. I mean, but they weren't 
when you're operating a system that's supposed to operate on a $50 million budget, things that you should not have been able to have just in the normal operation system put in there. And they also found a lot of parts out there, you know, stored that they had ordered, received, and never did actually replace the broken parts with them. They were, you know, I knew people out there saying, yeah, we found this, by the way. Is it back in a storage shed somewhere? And they, you know, and my favorite, though, was they ha- over at the uh, intakes in the reservoir, they have two, they have, you know, the, the screens, I forget exactly, but anyway, the, the raw water screens, whatever you call them, they have these motors that lift the screens and turn them over to clear all the debris off, and you run them for like, supposed to run like 20 minutes or so a day. These clowns had left them running 24-7, so they burned out. And another contractor, who you know, by the way, was out there when it first got started, and they had replaced this, these gearboxes like a couple of years ago at, at OB Curtis, and two years later... Because they never did any maintenance on them, they were supposed to last ten to fifteen years. Two years later, because they didn't perform any maintenance on them like they were supposed to, guess what? They were all completely burned out. So you got to go spend thousands more or, or whatever it was, replace them again. Those type things were where they just didn't go in there and take a grease gun and put a little grease on the alamite type things. Now might be oversimplifying it, but they did. Yeah. They didn't put grease on the gears and stuff like that, and that's what caused them burnout and run out. Now, better than, better, better than that one is the one in that same building that's out there in the reservoir. You have the system that's supposed to test the pH of the water, and it sends it into the plant, and the plant then is supposed to automatically adjust the chemicals mm-hmm. to treat it properly. Well, that hadn't worked for years, five, six, seven years, and they hadn't bothered to fix it. So it was left to be for the operators in the plant, assuming they had an operator, had to manually test it, and then had to manually make the adjustment to what the chemicals would be. Mm-hmm. But since that wasn't working, you know, if the operator wasn't there, didn't get the right testing or whatever, and they didn't get it, and that's what actually led to the eventual wow. disaster the 1st of September was when you had the pressure water hit the reservoir from the rains upstream, you all of a sudden had 10 million gallons of water in there that had been improperly treated, and they had nowhere they could dump it because the river was full. Yeah. And that's why they, the, the, the problem came from was that fresh water not being properly treated and then not having adequate pumps because the two pumps had been removed a month earlier. By the way, the two pumps were removed, sent down to get fixed, but they didn't give them an order to fix them because the people wouldn't fix them unless they got paid. <laughs> <laughs> and, I didn't. I didn't know that. And that was basically a fifty thousand dollar expenditure. They called down there and told the company, I think it's in Florida, "Here's your fifty thousand dollars." They had it back here in four or five days, and they put it back in, and then yeah. had an adequate pump. You know, just basic stuff like that. Wow. What do you think when you hear the mayor say, "Well, we can't get anybody to work there. It's hard to find people because we have two different plants, really, a conventional side and a membrane side. What do you think when he says it's too complex to get just regular operators out there when you hear that? I would say two things to that. One, it is probably harder because we have, number one, a surface water plant, and number two, we have two different kinds of plants. So you got to have two different kinds of operators. I would also say, though, that we've operated that membrane plant since 2007, having both plants. Yeah, it's not old. And and have had employees out there up until 2016. Yeah. You know, so they were able to find. Now, a lot of them left 
In fact, I think the Unified Command has hired some of them back on a part-time basis. They mm-hmm. left. But they left because they weren't getting paid decent salaries and they weren't getting the backup support for equipment and maintenance budgets and whatever to properly operate it. So, And you also had a deputy director who was also a Class A who was, the word I get is she was treating everyone pretty badly. I can't speak to that because I don't know. I've heard all the, I've heard everything around the world about that. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know which side of that's right, but I do know that a lot of people left. But I know that they weren't advertising to hire new ones because. Oh no! If you remember, I busted that, I busted them twice this yeah, last few months because that you know. budget was out. That budget line item was out, mm-hmm. and instead of moving money over there or subsidizing the water sewer. I mean, it all goes back to the lack of money, and the lack of money was due to the not collecting the bills. But not when they put the moratorium on in 2016, they started operating off the $60 million reserves. They spent all of that because they weren't collecting bills, and then all of a sudden had no money to to hire new people, so they didn't bother to hire I mean, how bad was it? If, if they needed a rubber band, they didn't have the money for it. That's how bad it was. But they did, but they did flow through all the reserves. Yeah. To the point that in 2018, they came to the one percent commission and wanted to borrow seven million dollars just to put enough money in there to meet the bond covenants on the reserves. By the next year, they were back below that again. They had to borrow from the general fund, mm-hmm. and because they were eating up all the reserve money. But they, if you're not going to collect the bills, you're going to have to subsidize the system. The system ought to be make it. Prior to the moratorium, the system was making several million dollars a year more about than what they seven, were. seven or so. Yeah, and folks, seven, seven to ten million dollars on the year. And let me interject here, okay, Pete? Folks, this is the crucial point of all this. Okay, here's the crucial point. When you see all these water discussions, here is Jackson had white flight. Jackson had black flight. Everybody left. You know, first of all, property tax revenues did not go down. Sales tax revenues did not go down. But here, here is the important point. When you a municipal water system or a county one is supposed to, they make money. They make money everywhere. What happens and is, and hang and on. Let me, let me say this. Mm-hmm. If they don't collect enough money to pay the bills, they get a rate increase. That's what the public service Well, hang on, I, hang on. I'm, I'm, I'm going. I'm, but they can get the rate increase, but that's not the problem. Yeah, I, go ahead. I'm, I'm going there. You Number one, determine what your expenses are. And you set your rates based on that. And that also includes capital improvements. So if I need to, sell, say, borrow money, sell bonds, whatever, to fund, say, I need to improve this. I need to replace all these pipes. I need to improve this plant, build a new plant. You build that into your rates. Now you've got your rates set. Then what do you do? You bill your customers. You then collect from your customers. If they do not pay, you start cutting them off and you make them pay, period. That's it. It's that simple. This is how it works everywhere else. You don't hear CMU having this problem, do you? So if you think you don't like black people, no CMU. I haven't heard of this. And CMU, Lord knows it's had its issues, and I've reported on them. But guess what? CMU, this works the same everywhere. Set rates, bill, collect, cut off. That's that simple. But But hang on. You had two things mess with this, Siemens and moratoriums. Well, Siemens, Siemens is a two-part problem. One is they issued $92 million worth of bonds to do $55 million of the work Yep. because they've added all these other no-work no work contracts to it. But if Siemens did cause a problem and why it caused it, that's okay. Debate that. 
but they got a $90 million settlement, paid $30 million lawyers. The other $60 million did not go back in the water system. They did take $8 million of it to buy a new billing system. They took $8 million of it to pay back the city the $8 million they had loaned to get them in the bond covenants. Mm-hmm. But so $8 million of the 60 that the net that the city got, Eight million went in the water system. The other fifty-two. Actually, other it was stuff. it was fourteen million. That's what the audit said. Well, that's kind of what they paid back, I believe. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I think. Enough. I, I, I think. Fair enough. Yeah. You know, uh, all the sixty should have gone back into the water system, even if it's just to create the reserve fund again, because the utilities are required to keep a reserve fund mm-hmm. because. Let's say it's CMU, and they also do an electric system. Tornado goes through and wipes it out. They got to be able to put it back in. It's not covered by any insurance, so the reserves go there. Gotcha. Our, wa- our water system, sewer system, the reserves there. If you had a major blow up at one of the treatment plants or whatever, you can go to the reserve got and cushion. be able to have money to go do it. All right, Pete, we're going to the but break. They, we're go- hang the on, cushion. we're going to the break right now. So they use the cushion. For operating expenses. All right. Go We're going to the break right now. It's the Kingfish of com, and we'll be right back. All right, and we're back. This is the Kingfish of com, and we have Pete Perry in the house with us. He's on the on the line, and we are discussing all kinds of stuff about Jackson's water problems. Pete, when you hear yes. the mayor saying that and he said this at his little town hall forum a few weeks ago, and he said it again the other day, that he's dropping strong hints that, you know, he'd like to junk Curtis altogether and go in another direction and build another water treatment plant and get away from the reservoir altogether and build it somewhere else. Comment? Well, you got two two or three options. One is he could junk it all together and put in wells, but I'm not sure whether... The decision years ago was you couldn't put enough wells in to serve Jackson with all it needs to serve without hurting the aquifer. You could junk half, you could junk the membrane side of Curtis. Or another alternative I've heard is take the membrane side and let it follow the conventional side, and then you'd be putting out essentially bottled water, run it through the conventional side, then run it through the membrane. And you'd be serving very pure water out of it. Mm-hmm. You could jump the membrane side, put in another twenty-five million gallon conventional plant. What about doubling the membrane side? What? What about doubling it, the membrane side? You, you you do not want to double membrane. You don't want to. The membrane is too expensive to run. Mm-hmm. Uh, or this one you, is, shall we say? You what? Or this one is, shall we say? Yeah, you could turn. You could put in another conventional there now. Right now, the conventional side is supposed to produce 25 million. Mm-hmm. The membrane is supposed to produce 25. It never has. It got up to 18 million about two weeks ago, which is the highest it's ever been since it's been installed. Wow. You know, right now, if the city did not lose as much as it does through leakage, the city of Jackson needs about 35 to 40 million a day. Mm-hmm. And so if you got rid of some of the leaks, you could solve some of that because we're probably losing about a third of our water through leaks. Um, but there's, you know, you, you, you don't need to build a whole new plant because the, the conventional side 
is okay. It's maybe not the best you could buy today, but it's not the 30 years old, 40 years old, 30 mm-hmm. years old. You know, to junk that is, you know, asking the taxpayer somewhere to yeah, be. And, and water plants are supposed to last, what, 50 to 60 years at least. I mean, these are at not, these are not NFL stadiums where you replace them every 20 years now. You know? <laughs> and, and if you maintain it longer than that. Yeah, I mean, fuel, is, fuel is put in 14. They added on to it in 44. It does need to be killed. They ought to get rid of the fuel plant if they ever get enough operation out of Curtis and just turn it into a booster station to boost the pump power out of it. Now, but, uh, hang on about fuel. But when they say it was built in 14, let's make it clear. The parts that were built in 14 are probably not being used now, correct? No, that's not No, that's not true. Oh, still it's, oh, it is? Used. Okay. The parts that were put in in 14 are still in use. Now, some of the some of the some of the vats. If you drive by Waterworks Curve, those vats you see closest mm-hmm. to the interstate are not in use. Yeah, the vats they're being used are in the back. But some of the original pumps are there, and some. If you go into fuel right now and look at the what's there, it would remind you of you know World War II type equipment, as dials <laughs> and whatever, and the fuse boxes. I mean, it's it is historic. But it is still working now. It is working because it's got a lot of band-aids on it, and it needs plenty yeah. of band-aids. Uh, but, you know, it would be good eventually to be able to close down fuel if you could ever get enough other treatment besides that. So why do you and think the mayor wants to build a brand-new, spanking-new plant somewhere else? So he can blame it on somebody else. I mean... I figured, yeah. he, I figured he had buddies he wants to give contracts to. Who in turn, no, well, it he can it would not, the rest. It would not be built during his term in office, mm-hmm. and so he probably wouldn't be able to do it. He's got two more years. I don't think he could get, get it under construction that time. Well, he now, might. if he had a third term, yes, but I don't know that that would happen. But, you know, it, you know, it would just look good. He could blame it on everything else. You know, to build a new plant's a seven or eight-year deal by the time you you engineered it, designed it, contracted and built it. Um what do you but now, you could go out there and fuel. It would take some work because there's not a whole lot of room and still be able to get some more mm-hmm. conventional treatment there. Or you could go build another $25 million-gallon plant somewhere else and use Curtis and a new plant. Uh, you know, But right now, what's got to be done is just make the membrane side work like it's supposed to mm-hmm. because you know, until you do anything else, you still got to make the membrane side work. All right, going to move you along a little bit. What do you think of this? What do you have to say about this little squabble between the governor and the mayor? May, you know, the governor had a few things to say last week. They used the word incompetence and said some other things. And, of course, the mayor shot back, you know, this this week and said, you've got your numbers wrong, you need blah, blah, blah. What, what do you have to say about it all? I think what the governor said certainly is accurate because, it is incompetent to run that plant like they have run it for the last few years. Mm-hmm. To not have hire proper staffing and not put the money into do the maintenance. Uh, and I don't think, you know, this thing that we asked for forty-seven million dollars, the legislature wouldn't do it. Well, everybody asked for money in the legislature. Bills are filed every year. Most of them are all die in committee. It's not just Jack. All right, hold on, everybody hold on, hold on, money. Pete. I, you you you've raised something. And it's something that's been lost in this whole debate, this discussion over the last few months. But $47 million, the mayor's fond of saying, I came to them for $47 million. I came to you for help, and you would not help me. That's not exactly the truth, is it? 
No, he had a. He got his forty-seven lot. million. Why don't you tell the listeners how? Well, yeah. it depends on which ways you want to count. He got a. He got a twenty-seven million dollar SRF loan. No, no, I'm talking about when Benny got him the ARPA funds, and the legislature kicked in three million dollars to make the forty-seven last well, year. Well, he got forty. The city got forty-two million dollars in ARPA yeah. money. Now, Benny didn't get that. Certain size cities got it, and they were based on population okay. and everything else. When the ARPA money came out, the formula gave Jackson $42 million. Mm-hmm. The big cities got a direct appropriation in the big counties. Others all went into a state appropriation. Correct. And, the, you know, Jackson got $42 million in ARPA funds. They first started spending that in a bunch of other places and designated for other places. But hold on, hold about, on, about, hold on. About two weeks ago. The, hang on. The But what? My understanding back then, this is last year, was the legislature said, okay, you're getting this much from the ARPA. We're going to give you th- another $3 million or so, and that'll bring you up to what you were asking for. Yeah. That's what you, how want, you, if, that's if, how you if, explained it to me a year and a half ago. Yeah, if, 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 if they wanted to yeah. use their ARPA funds for water or sewer, they could have done that, and that would have given them that money. Right. But then, but then Chandra Yates put in a bill saying let's give them $42 million. And that's what the national press is saying and now. That was this year. The legislature didn't give it to them. Well, they didn't give anybody direct ARPA money. Mm-hmm. They said, here's a fund, $400 million. We'll match you one for one if you come in there and apply for it. But Jackson wanted to spend their ARPA money, $6 million down at Fair Street, $4 million somewhere else, all these other different Yeah, $4 million for were, an open-air market over on Fair Street, yeah. yeah. yeah they were doing it in other places. Now, the city council three or four weeks ago, passed a resolution that whatever offer funds they had remaining would go to water sewer, and they would then be using that to match mm-hmm. the request from the state's offer funds, which they're not entitled to. They compete with other cities and counties by all their requests, and they can get money from there. But like the the health department water loans, you still got to ask for it. You got to ask for it. And speaking of, um, you've read the EPA complaint. What do you... What do you have to say about the EPA complaint? I think it's a joke when you sit there and say, you know, they didn't ask for the, they didn't get the three loans from the SRF. They only asked for three. You know, they got all they asked for. And that, and and, hang and, on. and, and, and they got, and they got bigger ones than anybody else has ever got. Yeah. And I've, got, I've they, got a post got on a, it this week, folks. Yeah. It's on my website. They and, got an $11 million one in 2016. They got a, Nineteen million dollars in two thousand nineteen. They got a twenty-seven million and something uh, last year. Yeah, and uh, from the SRF, which is the twenty-seven million was, I think, seventy-five percent of their money they had available that year. Yeah. Well, I have a post several days ago. It's ask it, ask, and you shall receive. Ask not. Blah blah blah. And the complaint, one of the first things they claim in there, and this complaint was filed by former Mayor Harvey Johnson, Derek Johnson of the NAACP, and several of their friends. And it says, oh, the health department only gave us three, whatever you call it, water loans in 25 years and, you know, wouldn't loan us any money. Well, the reason why they didn't loan them any money, which came out to, what, $51 million, I think, they did loan, is because, guess what, they didn't ask for it. They didn't apply for it. I wouldn't got the applications. Put them on the website. They're all there. I mean, here's, but this is typical Harvey Johnson. He thinks he, you know, they should just give it to him just because well, he's there. Listen, <laughs> prior to Harvey Johnson, prior to 1996, yeah, the federal government was making grants for this. In 1996, the federal government changed the program 
the way they're giving yeah. loans. It's like a 1.5, 1.7%. The rate changes a little bit depending on the time. 1.9. But it changes from year to year. Um, but it's all in that 1% range. Yeah. And But Harvey didn't want a loan. He wanted a grant because mm-hmm. that's what they used to do. So Harvey never applied for any. The first loan that was applied for was under uh, Tony Yarber. It's 2016. That's And they got – Every and we have to. We only have a few seconds left on this segment, but they got every loan they asked for. They approved one, like you said. Hell, last year, seventy percent of the loans they issued went to Jackson. They're getting bigger loans than everybody else. And, and let's say this too: they just want grants. There's another loan fund over the DEQ for sewer, and they're right, applying we have for to sewer get, loans. All we have long. to go to the break right now. Kingfish of JacksonJumbalaya.com sitting in for Kim Wade, and we'll be right back. All right, this is Kingfish of com, and we're back for the final stretch. We have, I think, four minutes left. Four! Anyway, so that means, Pete, you got two. What is not being reported right now about the water deal that you think well, ought to be put out there? Well, the latest thing that's happened is today the governor extended the emergency until November the 22nd. Right. It was set to expire on the 17th. Mm-hmm. The mayor declared that he would have a contract in place with the private operator to manage the plant by the 17th. Mm-hmm. So he said in his press release that the plant can now operate if the city can operate it right. He's got it back in operation, so he has no authority to continue the emergency. But he's given this five-day transition period so that when the city supposedly gets their contract in place by the 17th, mm-hmm. they'll have five days to transition it over, and he is withdrawing the state's operation at that point. I so think that's called calling the be, bluff, right? What? That's called calling your bluff, right? That's what it looks like to me. So the question now is, is the city going to be able to find somebody that responds to the RFP and able to issue them a contract and figure out how to pay for it and have them in operation in time to take it over? Oh, y'all want to hear some funny? I'll give you some behind-the-scenes dirt. Mayor's consultant on all this is a Clinton engineer called Marika McKenzie. He has Cornerstone Engineering. That's who's been his advisor throughout all this for for a couple of years. This guy likes to go around to conferences. Before all this mess happened in August, he was saying that Jackson should get an award for the most improved water system. I kid you not. And all the negative reporting was, of course, racist, as you can imagine. Um, I think that we need to go to a regional water system, have a board. I don't want to necessarily privatize it, but have like, you know, New, New Orleans has a water sewer board. And there are other cities that have water sewer boards. I think Josh Harkin's bill in the legislature last year, you and I have talked about it, was a good idea. That's kind of the direction I'd like to go in. But, you know, the mayor, well, let me, wait, go wait, ahead. Let me, this is your last one. Me, go ahead. Yeah. When Katrina hit the coast, mm-hmm. Haley Barber, as governor, right. had access to all these federal funds from Katrina. Right. His answer to all the cities and counties and the utility districts coast-wise we're going to fix the water and sewer system. One minute. With, we're going to fix the water and sewer system with this regional authority. Mm-hmm. If you want your fix, you need to join this regional authority. A lot, a lot of them complained. They all joined into it. They rebuilt the whole system down there with Katrina money, and it's now operated under a regional authority down there, and they all All right. Like all right. Well, thank you very much, Pete. This is Kingfish. Thank you guys for tuning in today. Kim will be back Monday from his re-education. Hopefully he'll be brighter and saner, although don't count on it. And good luck to you guys going to game day tomorrow, and hope you all don't get soaked. Although, given Jackson's history, you're getting soaked tomorrow.
Anyway, have a great time tomorrow and good luck. And we're out.